Welcome to C's for Creepy. My name is Elise. And my name's Courtney. Join us every week as we discuss our favorite true crime and paranormal stories. From A to Z. Welcome back to another episode of C is for Creepy. Thank you so much for all the downloads and listens for last week's episode. We love hearing and seeing all of the feedback from everyone. Yes, please do not forget to uh, especially leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps get the word out there to other people that might like hearing our fun combo of true crime and paranormal. Yes, that would be so great. So, what is your W... Sorry. What is your V story? (laughs) Alright, so this week, I am pairing V with vacation crime. Please tell me this is about, like, um... What am I thinking? Sorry. Not a little bit to drink tonight. It's not like we're not um, talking like so much murder this time around. It's more like focusing on thefts and pickpocketing. Okay. Okay. I I needed a little break from the murder. So I appreciate that. Yeah. So V is where it's coming from. Beautiful. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So what is our Britannica? (laughs) No Britannica this time. I feel like I don't think vacation needed. A definition. <laughs> Come on, I'm here for the Britannica. <laughs> Get no your definition. shit together. <laughs> okay, my shit was not together this week. <laughs> I feel that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Although the vast majority of travelers who go to different destinations do not die by the hands of another. There are signs that crime and tourism do go hand in hand. Like, to be fair, I would rather die in Mexico on a nice hot summer beach somewhere than, you know, minus 40 Edmonton. Yeah, but then, like, I mean, personally, maybe that might be better for you. But, I don't know, like, some of the deaths that take place in foreign countries are, like, not... I would like to die of natural causes. Yeah, on a beach in Mexico with a drink in my hand. Then, too, the other issue with that is that your loved ones have to transport your body back. But, like, I'm already dead at that point. What if they lose your body? What if, what if it's just, like, a misplaced luggage? Honestly, I would like to be turned into trees. So, like, you know, if you just lose my body in a forest somewhere, so be it. Mm. That's my feelings. Okay. I feel like we put too much stock into burials. I don't disagree with that. But I feel like your loved ones are like, mm, sucks to suck. You're like, the fuck, Courtney? What are you doing with your life? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, some crimes are more common in vacation destinations. Yes, tell me more. These include prostitution, pickpocketing, Fraud, organized crime, and mass transit crimes. Okay. There are some reasons why tourists on vacation would be easy targets for criminals. As many tourists travel with cash, they are a lucrative target. And being on vacation, many tourists might let their guard down and just relax into the environment. Mm -hmm. This can spell disaster for some tourists who might simply be in the wrong place at the wrong time. The most common crime committed to tourists is theft. However, physical and sexual assault 
credit card fraud and other scams affect very affect many vulnerable vacation goers as well. Mm-hmm. In vacation cities, there tends to be places where tourists congregate, meaning there is an unending supply of potential victims of theft. Quote unquote tourist traps. Well, yes, like that's a very literal. I I like how you worked that because that's exactly (laughs) what it is. I called it likening to shooting fish in a barrel. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, Due to the ease in which pickpockets can identify tourists and make off with their money or other valuables. So it makes these areas prime targets for criminal activity. Mm -hmm. Well, like, I know if if you are traveling anywhere they tell you a lot of the tourist traps and they're like don't do this if this happens to you do not like just walk away i do have some safety tips but we're not like looking at specific scams that might people might try to pull Mm -hmm. but i do have some fun travelers tips Ooh, eventually is it going to equate to your Britannica that's missing? Yeah, it could. Okay. It could if you want to take it that way. <laughs> okay. I'm really upset about it. <laughs> Another consideration is potential for mass attacks. As it is well known that there is a guarantee for a large volume of people making attacks more detrimental. So like um, terrorist attacks, for example. Like, mm-hmm laying siege and attacking a hotel or yeah bars and clubs of tourist cities tend to be full of people looking to let loose and indulge also making easy targets for potential criminals so miss on a beach in mexico getting drunk (laughs) (laughs) to be fair i leave everything in a safe space good i leave nothing on my person because you know I'm a forgetful person. (laughs) So, some safety tips for when you are on vacation. Most of these are pretty common sense, but I still think it's worth mentioning. Avoid flashy jewelry or watches. Mm -hmm. Drink responsibly, because you are much more likely to get lost. Yeah, I suffer from that one. Getting lost (laughs) and drunk in a foreign country. Drinking responsibly. (laughs) Yeah. I might have to edit this out, but uh, somebody I know was traveling abroad and they were mugged twice. Oh my god! After drinking too much. Oh my goodness! So I'm not gonna name names, but yes, I know someone twice in the okay. same trip. To be fair, <laughs> I never drink irresponsibly off of the premises of which I'm staying. Okay. I feel like that's a little bit better, but like, yeah, no going to clubs and getting drunk. Absolutely not. And then going into like a dark alley or into an unknown street. No, it's from... people you don't know. (laughs) No, it's from my hotel room to the bar down the (laughs) stairs and then back up to my hotel room. Good. It's a little better, but still like... That's wild. Watch your drinks. (laughs) Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So yeah, being obviously intoxicated can make you an easy target pretty much anywhere you go. So Touché. just drink responsibly in general. <laughs> I'm feeling personally attacked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
we're it's responsible just people are gonna hear it <laughs> oh this is fun <laughs> okay do not carry large sums of money on you if you must bring cash ensure that where you are staying has a reliable safe and use it when you are out for the day also, try not to keep all of your money on your person in the same location. So don't keep all of your money in your wallet. Keep like money in your wallet, maybe a card in your pocket. Like keep it in different places in case you are pickpocked. That way you have a backup. Mm-hmm. That makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Know the emergency number of where you are visiting because not lots of people. We're very we're Canadian, but it's a very Americanized ideology of like oh you call 911 mm-hmm. that's not the emergency number everywhere in the world i believe the uk is 999 oh so just make sure where you're traveling you know their emergency line or if they have one because maybe not where you're going might not have one so you need to know the emergency numbers oh that's really interesting to think about yes. yeah <laughs> you sounded so insincere i Again, feeling personally attacked because I've never Googled it. I never have either, and it didn't cross my mind until now when I was looking up fun traveler's tips. Yeah, that's super interesting. Yeah, that was a good one. I'm going to have to remember that one. Use a crossbody bag and use traveler's locks because, like, if you just have your purse slung over your shoulders, it's really easy to grab and just go. (laughs) Who uses a purse these days? I know, I've got a backpack, so... (laughs) I got a pocket. (laughs) Try not to dress like an obvious tourist. So stay away from the big floral print if you're going to Hawaii, even though the temptation is there. Mm -hmm. Try not to stick out like a sore thumb. Try to blend into the local crowd. Mm -hmm. Don't Uh, be obnoxious. No, no. Check in with loved ones back home often. So if you are going on a trip for, say, a week, just make sure you reach out, like, every like every other day at least. Let somebody know your itinerary, mm-hmm. what your plan is. Make sure somebody's in the know and you're updating them and making sure that they know you're okay. Like, I don't know about you, but that's my life every day. <laughs> I have a group chat with my mom and sister and like if I don't reply to them within a day, somebody's calling me. Really? Yes. <laughs> like what's up? Why aren't you replying in the group chat? That's funny. Yeah, no, I don't have that relationship <laughs> with my family. <laughs> oh, every time. Like when I used to live across the street from my sister, if my mom drove past my house and my car was gone, she'd call me and be like, "Where are you? What are you doing?" <laughs> trust me i got no worries but if i'm missing somebody wouldn't know (laughs) somebody would know right away yeah it'd be the fastest search ever yeah you'd have about 12 hours before somebody called me and was like why aren't you replying to me (laughs) also um try to stay aware of your surroundings and trust your gut so if something feels off listen to your gut just don't fuck around and find out. Yep. Feels like a bad idea. Just don't do it. Go go back to your hotel. Mm-hmm. So those are my fun traveler's facts. Um, this week, I'm not going to cover like a particular case. I'm going to discuss a particular vacation destination. Okay. So change it up a little bit. 
And I'm also going to obviously be talking about some of the crimes that happened there. This isn't, it's not just a travel podcast. It is a crime podcast. Are you sure? Some, some days. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to a country home to the Amazon forest and the Amazon River. It's known for its beaches and for Carnival. Ooh. That's right. We are headed to Brazil. Wow, our social education has failed me. What? Oh, you. <laughs> I was guessing Peru. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. If we were going to Peru, I would have talked about like Inca temples and maybe some llamas and maybe some ayahuasca trips some guinea pigs yeah they got the oh they eat the guinea pigs they eat the guinea pigs that's right yep yeah i i know that yeah i thought you would have caught on by carnival though (laughs) i I i'm pleading ignorance that's okay i tried i'm really (laughs) i was thinking about making it a game and i'm really glad i did it where i like made you guess what country well i just outed myself (laughs) as a total failure of our social studies (laughs) to be fair we didn't talk a lot about other countries that much no no we talked about america and canada and some Europe. Mostly Canada. I don't think I ever learned anything about, like, the U.S. other than, like, their political system. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and then, like, wars in Europe. And, like, strictly that. Right. Like, I think the last time somebody actually asked me about other continents probably would have been elementary school. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we're not very good at uh, being taught about the world. They leave that up to us. Yeah. Yeah. unfortunate. But, you know, we're going to learn everything about the Black Plague. Yes, that's... <laughs> that very... was 90% of our education. And war. And a lot of wars. And dates. Oh my goodness, dates. Okay. So, Brazil is the largest country in South America. And the capital of Brazil is Brasilia. Hmm. Despite this, Rio de Janeiro is unarguably the most popular vacation destination in the country. Home to beautiful views, which change from golden beaches to mountains and waterfalls, the city is home to a vibrant urban sprawl with a great night scene, making it ideal for many people to visit. Okay. So, like... On paper, well, you know, that's not even true because it is home to like some of the most friendly people I was reading. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of good things. It's a vibrant city, it is full of life. They've got soccer, they've got beaches, they've got incredible food, coffee. Like, there's a lot of really wonderful things. Well, and they have wonderful like festivals. Yeah, yeah, Carnival. Yeah. So, like, it's it's a really um, I, like I definitely want to go to Brazil one day, but mm-hmm. I'm also a loser who was obsessed about with the Amazon rainforest since I was a little kid. So I just want to go there for that. Maybe the podcast will blow up and we can just do all of our worldly travels. That would be amazing, right? We need to tour in Brazil. Let's get some listeners. <laughs> yes. So Brazil and Louisiana. <laughs> yes. We need at least those two. Yes. We want to visit everywhere. Of course. (laughs) So let's talk about some notable cases that I found. Yes. 
So the first case I found, a Washington Post article, um, and actually a New York Times article regarding the same topic, but different instances. Mm-hmm. So Rio de Janeiro is home to the iconic Christ the Savior statue, yep. which is visited, according to articles published in 2019, by around 2 million people each year. Okay. Being such a well-known tourist location has unfortunately made the trails leading to the giant statue unsafe for the visitors. Mm-hmm. In July of 2017, it was reported that a man had been stabbed and robbed on his way up the steep jungle trail. So this ended up like having to close the trail so that people could investigate. And the mm-hmm. trail was actually like closed for a little bit Oh, because of how unsafe it was. So, in fact, prior to the stabbing in the previous 10 days, 58 other people had been robbed on that trail. Oh, shit. And just that year, so this is July, that year alone, there was more than 150 robberies. Oh, my God. Robberies are so common on this trail that there are signs posted by the locals in English and Portuguese stating to be cautious, to not risk your life. And these signs also feature a handgun. Oh, goodness. So, like, they're saying to give over your possessions? I think so. I think that's the, like, just, it's not worth your life. Just. Okay. Just be smart. Don't take a lot with you. Mm-hmm. Just not worth, just not worth it. Mm-hmm. Don't risk your life. Which I've always thought is so stupid. People that are like, I would die before I gave somebody my wallet. Why? You want it? Take it. It's money. Fuck. Yeah, I'd like to get home this weekend. Thanks. Yeah, we we don't worry about your pride. Like, fuck. Move on. Make a police report. Right? Interviews with a tourist who had been victim to a robbery had been hiking the trail accompanied by two of her friends when a group came upon three young Brazilian men waiting for them. So they were just, like, waiting along the trail to ambush unsuspecting tourists. Ew, I don't like that. No. The men had been armed with knives and told the group to sit and turn over their belongings. Oh, cool. The tourists had been relatively lucky, as in this case, the robbers had been super calm about the affair and gave back passports and credit cards. Oh, They did keep cell phones, expensive cameras, and cash, and they ended up filling up two backpacks worth of stuff and taking with them. Who's carrying that much stuff? I guess, like, on a hike. I guess. You know, you pack, like, food and water and stuff. I don't know. But, like, that's a lot of stuff. That's what I was thinking, too. Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, the trail inside... Ooh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pronounce this. Tijuca National Park had been closed... Had been ordered to close until police presence could be established there. However, in 2019, another article documented a mass robbery in which more than 30 people were robbed and some were held hostage for two hours by at least three men armed with knives and a gun. Oh. 
The thieves would rob the sightseers and keep hostages and wait for more tourists to stumble upon their trap. Jesus. No one was harmed, however. The thieves took cell phones, cameras, wedding rings, and credit cards. So, once again, like, this trail is obviously a hot spot for thieves. For thieves to mug and just steal from people. Mm hmm. So, those were very interesting. But that is not the only type of theft to occur in Brazil. So, this one might hit a little close to home because it did for me. Please don't tell me it's children theft. No. Okay. I picked some, like I said, I'm not, I didn't want to go dark this case. I get a little dark, but like not that dark. Okay. Hair theft has been documented. Thank goodness. With a small group boarding a bus in 2015 and targeting a long-haired woman named Myrna Marchette. One of the members grabbed her purse and the other two grabbed the shock woman by her hair, twisted it into a ponytail, and cut it off. Oh. It just took seconds. Oh, no. Most likely, the woman's hair was stolen to sell to wig makers or to hair transplant centers because there was at one point a relatively like lucrative market for human hair, especially mm-hmm. if it had never been dyed. But like now with the influx of hair from different countries such as India, like it's not the market that it once was. Yeah. So you're not gonna make much by stealing hair, but people still do. Mm-hmm. So another gang of thieves, instead of stealing hair in such a horrific way, could you imagine how awful that would be? I would be so mad. I would be devastated. Yeah. I would never, like, I would hide my hair everywhere I went. Well, you would have no hair. I would not, well, it's not like it was a good cut. No. (laughs) They probably, like, Mulan styled it Mm -hmm. and just, like, took a knife and cut it straight. No, 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 because it was, like, grabbed into a ponytail. So so picture your ponytail on the top of your head Mm -hmm. and just twist it and just cut. So if it was high up. And, like, that shortest piece is going to be in the middle. Have, like, a mullet. Yeah. Like, like, a reverse mullet where it's party in the front and business in the back. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So that's what I always picture. I'm like, oh, my God, that, that poor woman. She's awful. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyways, so this, a different gang, instead of targeting hair attached to people, started targeting salons oh and robbing hair like human hair extensions from these salons hmm. so this was in 2011 and they would pretend to be clients and ask to see these extensions leaving money and all other valuables this group would just take the hair and <laughs> run and this particular group targeted six different salons and stole the equivalent to $80,000 worth of hair in a two-month time span. Granted, wow. that's like 2011, so maybe it was worth more at the time. But mm-hmm. while not extremely common, it is known to have happened on more than one occasion for those with long hair to be targeted for hair theft. That's why we live the bun lifestyle. Mm-hmm. 
these thieves generally do not have regard for what they are using to cut their hair off with. So, like, one example I saw, the man used, like, a jagged knife to cut a woman's hair off. Oh, no. I was mortified. Oh, yes. That's horrible. Mm-hmm. Or how their victims looked afterwards, which... Like I said, I would be traumatized, so I can imagine that event being very traumatizing for the victim as well. Yeah, you would never want to show your hair ever again. Well, that, and like, I, maybe this is a very feminine point of view, but I feel like I take so much care of my hair. I like, like you especially, you've been growing your hair out for how long? Eight years. Eight yes. years. Eight I would be devastated. Mm-hmm. Absolutely devastated. Like you get so attached. Oh, you do. And then when like I go to the hair salon and they're like, okay, well, your split ends. We got to take six inches off. Mm-mm. I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> and then we do. And I feel bald for days. <laughs> yes, it still touches my butt. But like, I feel so bald. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I couldn't imagine. No. So just another type of theft that occurs there. And like, don't get me wrong, that does happen in other countries around the world. It's just I found specific in Brazil. Mm-hmm. I fit it in. Interesting. So this is part of a much larger problem that Brazil is facing. The hair theft is? There's... No, no, just oh. theft in general. Okay. Just theft in general. In 2014, their economy crashed due to political crisis and corruption scandals, as well as an unsuccessful attempts to combat their drop in GDP by creating macro tax exemptions. Okay. I don't know what a macro tax exemption is. Um, basically, people weren't buying what they were exporting and jobs were lost then their prices started going up so every like inflation just hit them very hard unemployment was at a like a whole new high skyrocketing to 13 percent oh so with a lack of jobs and now influx of tourists well there is tourists but it makes them easy targets for different crimes, mm-hmm. right? But either way, that led to a large number of Brazilians leaving the country as well. So in 2016, 80,000 Brazilians legally immigrated to other countries. And the following year, another 90,000 left as well. So crime was on the rise due to poverty. But what's more is the government was struggling to pay its public workers on time, and that included their police force. Oh, that's always good. Yes. Without adequate resources, crime prevention cannot take place, and without an economic stability, crime can flourish. In this case, resources included inadequate departments, So there was no internal or systemic evaluations, which allowed rampant corruption within the within um, the police force in 2008 or nine. 
Rio de Janeiro implemented the pacifying police units, which is a common type of police unit used throughout the world. And basically, it is a well-educated officer that is educated in human rights and in modern police techniques. So not jumping directly to excessive force, to Mm -hmm. talking down and, you know, realizing that you're dealing with another human and talking like a person to them instead of using that power of authority to push them down. Wow, what a crazy thought. Right? Who thought of that? Right? So there was signs that this, it was called the UPP for short. Mm -hmm. So there was signs that this was making a difference, especially with gangs in some of their, I deleted the word, but um, into some of like their lower end areas, like it was making a difference. Okay. That's what it appeared anyways. So the original purpose of the UPPs was to take a different approach to crime. Oh, I already explained all that. The approach had started working well in 2008 or 9, but when in 2014, violent deaths spiked. Oh. And it was determined that the UPPs had shifted back to repressive policing techniques shitty so once again we get into like corruption and mismanagement and no accountability of the police force so they're just as bad exactly if you can't go to the police and you've got a legal gang you do that's exactly what it is yeah so this has in turn created gang wars where you know there's gang members going targeting police officers and it's From an outsider's perspective, it's really hard to respect anyone in the situation. Well, yeah, there's like it's it's not the people's fault, if you know what I'm saying. It's this is the system that they created, and there's no justice being done for anybody. Yeah, like crime isn't being solved, murders aren't being properly investigated. So everybody is out for themselves. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. So the rise in violent crime has made Rio de Janeiro a less popular vacation destination. As in 2017, the city lost more than $200 million in tourism revenue. Honestly, it makes sense because like, I would love to go to Brazil, but if there's a chance that like me and you are going to go and hike up a mountain somewhere and there's going to be a gang of guys just waiting to rob us mm-hmm. why would we risk it right when there's other places that are safer yeah 100 so percent. It, it's a really unfortunate byproduct of this recession and like because people are going there so they're not making money but they're not making money because people aren't like don't feel safe. It's just a cycle that they're just continuing to propagate, mm-hmm. and it's really, really unfortunate because it's a beautiful country and there's and the but system a few bad seeds wreck it for everybody. Well, the system that they live in can't be trusted to protect their own people or people wanting to vacation there. Mm-hmm. 
Like that's what it boils down to is there's is the system is corrupt. Yep. And it's like I said, it's hard to blame place any blame on individual people when mm-hmm. it's a systemic problem. Yeah. Or you know, we could all just pretend to be nice to each other. Call it a day. So I'm covering a really interesting case next week mm-hmm. and it kind of talks about how like the psychology kind of shifts how when people start to hoard wealth the mm-hmm. psychology changes in humans so you put people in this society where instead of helping each other they are forced to look out for themselves and that shift changes. It becomes a different kind of survival where instead of looking out for common man, because common man will look out for you, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So it's really, it's, I'm so excited for next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, so according to a recent travel safe abroad article, I found it, I found that it rates the risk level as medium with pickpocketing and scams being the, on the very highly category, so like the highest risk, mm-hmm. with like moderate being like women traveling alone, um, or like environmental, which I don't know, I'd take that risk anyways. But so that's kind of where it is. Um, while this is a beautiful country, there is still a massive police. Until there is a massive police reform, it looks like it will be unlikely to be the safest destination for the foreseeable future. So, that is my case. That's fucking crazy. Right? It's really sad. It's so sad. Because you you just, you hear so many good things mm -hmm. about the rainforest and Brazil, but also as a woman, no thank you. No. I look for places that me, myself, and I would be safe. Mm-hmm. And it's really unfortunate. It really is. It, it really is. So I wanted to talk about... I know when we went to Paris, when I was much younger, while we were walking the Eiffel Tower, there was men with, like, machine guns mm-hmm. hanging around the Eiffel Tower. And I remember just being like, what the actual fuck is happening? Mm-hmm. Why is there men with automatic guns hanging out at the Eiffel Tower? And like being from Canada where guns aren't completely normalized, like, yeah, you got Farmer Joe and his shotgun, but. Well, their police force carries handguns on them or different guns. Like our- in Brazil? No, no, in oh. like in Canada. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, but so like, like not well, like automatic weapons are banned here. No, but I don't fear somebody has a gun on them. So like going to Paris and seeing somebody with an automatic rifle was that, was that just like a random person or was it no, like a guard? It was a guard. Like oh, okay. they had hundreds of guards walking the Eiffel Tower. So I remember just thinking like this is such a uncomfortable experience. Mm. So it's things like that that just make us like, do I really need to see this? Mm. Or can I see this from afar? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's really unfortunate. It is. 
It really is, but that is my V for vacation crimes. Makes me uncomfortable. Okay. Well, at least, <laughs> at least you're not sad. At least or, I'm not sad. Yeah, no, there's no depressing fits. Yeah. I appreciate that. And just hold on to your hair a little tighter. <laughs> just tighten the button. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Elise. You bet. All right. What is your V? My V. We are going to the Vulture Gold Mine. Okay. Have you ever heard of it? I have not. No. Okay. You definitely have heard of this. I don't think so. <laughs> like every podcast we listen to has at least covered this once. Like maybe. I forgot about it, but I don't remember hearing okay. about it. All good. So, the Vulture Mine was a gold mine and settlement in Maricopa County, Arizona, United States. Okay. Have you ever noticed that, like, almost all of these big haunted moments are in the United States? I have noticed that. Like, I wonder if it's just the fact that, like, the United States are willing to talk about it. Or... You know, maybe we're just more um, apt to hear about them being where we are. This is true. Yes. Okay. The mine began in 1863 and became the most productive, influential gold mine in Arizona history. Legend has it that when German immigrant Henry Wickenberg walked across the Arizona desert in 1863 towards a pile of black feathers to pick up a dead vulture... Something shiny caught his eye. He was he quickly left the dead bird and picked up the shiny stone. Ooh. Guess what? Hmm. It was gold. Ooh. Thus starting the vulture gold mine. Well, yeah. He had discovered what would become one of the richest gold mines in Arizona, the vulture mine. From 1863 to 1942, the mine produced 340,000 ounces of gold and 260,000 ounces of silver that that produced over $200 million. Wow. That is a very lucky vulture. Right? Like, could you imagine just, like, being like, fuck it, I don't care about those. Stumbling across a dead animal and finding a $200 million mine? That is... Just life wow. goals. Yeah, that is luck if I've ever heard of it. <laughs> right. The town built around the mine, Vulture City, was a boom and bust town. It disappeared as fast as it sprang up, unfortunately. Mm. I see. At its height, the Vulture City had a population of about 5,000 people. Okay. Vulture Gold Mine is credited with founding the nearby town of Wickenburg. And the agricultural area that sprouted to serve the mines. It also helped the growth in Phoenix. Okay. The mine was built when Henry Wickenberg arrived in California, discovering the high-grade gold ore. And in the area, miners then flocked to the area, hoping to get rich quick. Like a flock of vultures? Quite literally. (laughs) Vulture gold mine was prosperous, but the miners led hard lives. The daily grind inside the mines was tough. It was dark, dusty, and dangerous. Uh-huh. There are many fights, and the feuds unfortunately followed the miners back into town. So, 
before I go any farther, from what I had read, they didn't use support beams because the rock was so hard. So knowing what I know now, of course, there's going to be cave-ins and lots of dangerous situations. But from what I read, they did not use any form of safety beams. This was before OSHA. Literally. (laughs) Once the mines closed for the day, the miners went back to Vulture City to rest. And when the saloons and brothels filled up, they would get rowdy. Shootouts, murders, rapes. They were all very common in Vulture City. I believe it. (sighs) Right? Now, this is where me and you are on the same wavelength again. No way. Thieves ran amok in the mines. Stealing was common. Some estimates say that up to half of the ore that was mined from the vulture mine was stolen by thieves. Okay, but to be fair, it's just there. What, you own it? You just found a bird and now you say you own it. Good for you. Right? No, that's not how that works. Mm Mm-mm. Yeah. Though everybody stole from the mines, stealing was punishable by death. The town never had an official lawman, so punishment was dished out vigilante style. Oh, no. Which I can get behind. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, until you piss off the wrong guy. He's like, you stole. You didn't. Girl, wait till next week. My story is fire. (laughs) About vigilante style. Okay. The hanging tree was just outside of Henry Wickenburg's old home. And when used to hang thieves who got caught. And was used to hang (laughs) thieves who got caught. (laughs) Don't mind me. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's great. I'm ready for it. 18 men were hung on the hanging tree in Vulture. It was said the men who were hung took hours to die and were left to rot in the hot sun until they were buried near the tree. Hours to die? So they didn't have, like, a platform where they dropped. No, 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 I get that, but, like, strangulation, I would hope, wouldn't take hours. It's actually suffocation at that point. Oh, I see. Because strangulation, you don't have that quick drop to break your neck. You suffocate because of the rope and your body weight. I see. That's awful. I would still hope it wouldn't take hours, like minutes. Have you ever watched Disenchantment? No. Oh, girl. No. You should. There's a scene where, like, they're trying to hang one of the main characters and he's too light to actually hang. So he's just, like, hanging there on a noose. Just talking to everybody. (laughs) And that's what I kind of like associated with their hangings. Oh no. I don't like that. Right? So in 1942, the vulture mine was shut down by regulatory agency for processing gold. This was a violation at the time because all resources were to be focused on the war effort. So because they were still mining gold while the war was going on. They got shut down. Yep. Makes sense. The mine appealed the shutdown. 
and reopened, but with less vigor. A few years later, the mine closed permanently. After the mine closed, the city was abandoned and became a ghost town. The deficit was later sold to Benjamin Phelps, who represented a group of investors that eventually organized under the name of Vulture Mining Company. Oh, so they keep the Vulture name alive. Yep. Okay. Today, the mine and ghost town are privately owned, but tours are offered two hour Dirt Path Guided Walking Tours at the Historic Vulture Mine offers a glimpse of the olden days through a tour of some of the remaining buildings of Vulture City. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I did watch a couple ghost hunting tours from Ooh. BuzzFeed Unsolved and then even um, Zach Bagans. Ghost Adventures. Ghost Adventures. Every time. I don't know why the name escapes me. Because and you're just like, that thing is. I know. <sighs> Every time. So I watch both of those. And if you go in, I think this is definitely something I would want to do is go and see one of their guided tours. Because it's so interesting seeing all of the old buildings and like all of it. It's super interesting. Mm-hmm. It's like this town that just everybody walked away from. I love a ghost town. Right? I love a ghost town. I would go there. Even if there's no ghost to be had, I would still want to go and see it. So I'm pretty sure a really lovely lady that I work with, her family owns a bunch of cabins in that area. Remember the ghost town that we were talking about yeah. in by Jasper area? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure her family owns a bunch of cabins right there. And I am so hoping... One day I can rent one of their cabins and go and find that Jasper area ghost town because mm-hmm. there's like a big list of all the Alberta ghost towns. And me and a friend went to see one called Cadaman. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even a ghost town. It was like a town with four people that lived there. Uh, but it wasn't like an was, old remnant town. No, it's like unincorporated territory now. So it's labeled as a ghost town right i was so disappointed Mm -hmm. and then we went when we went to the general store we're like okay so where's like the cadaman ghost town and they're like there is no cadaman ghost town (laughs) i was like that's disappointing that is disappointing so i'm so excited i want to see a real ghost town right i want to see buildings that like people used to live in that are just gone yeah (gasps) i'm ready for it so, in the spirit of the Old West, a vulture was a rough place. Miners often died in cave-ins, while dozens were hung from the infamous hanging tree when they were caught stealing gold. Mm-hmm. There are many gruesome tales of rapes, murders, and freak accidents in the mines and surrounding towns, which left a haunted legacy in the now-abandoned ghost town. The vulture mine is privately owned, but it's open to the public for a small fee, guided tours are also provided. Okay. I think the small fee is like 10 bucks. Oh, it's not bad. It's too bad it's not like donations, but... Uh. I think it's a $10 donation, actually. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But they just like have a set amount of... <laughs> donation. Yeah. Yeah. It's also overrun by the ghosts of the long-forgotten miners who love to haunt gullible tourists. Okay. So I know it's mining and... 
like there's miners that work in mines, but I cannot disassociate miners from like minor like underage <laughs> so i just always like picture children working in these mines like that's my brain association <laughs> it's so stupid okay these are grown men <laughs> i know i know logically these are rough and tough men but i just always picture like children miners. yeah <laughs> like snow white yeah well those are dwarves are not children fair Tourists and staff alike often hear footsteps creeping up behind them, strange disembodied voices whispering into their ears, and ghostly apparitions wandering around the mines. Which I think the worst part about this would be like somebody whispering in my ear. I'm not here for it. Not a fan, no. Many often report shadows on the walls when nobody else is there, and the sound of pickaxes striking the walls. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> One tale is a sad story of Jimmy Davis. One day while Jimmy was working on the mines, the pulley system malfunctioned. Jimmy got up a la- Jimmy got up on a ladder to fix the belt when his arm got stuck in the loop of the pulley. The belt tightened when he tried to get out and Jimmy was launched several feet in the air with his arm still stuck in the loop. Oh my god. His body smashed into multiple pieces of heavy machinery, breaking every bone in the man's body before dumping his body hundreds of feet down into the central mine shaft. Oh my god, that's a horrible way to go. Right? The worst part was that Jimmy wasn't killed right away. Oh no. It took about five hours for Jimmy to die. Oh. Oh no, no, no. He cried and begged for mercy. Being in excruciating pain, but it was no use. His body was too far down to be recovered. Oh, that's awful. Right? It's a horrible way to die. Mm-hmm. The ghost of Jimmy Davis still haunts the mines, and his voice and blood-curdling screams can be heard crying for help in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Others claim to hear the pulley machine whipping around as if it were malfunctioning. Paranormal investigators claim to have discovered Jimmy's spirit hanging around the mine's powerhouse, and his ghost has been seen at the entrance to the mine on multiple occasions. Mm, Probably like, don't go anywhere near anything. Like, don't touch any machinery. Don't Mm -hmm. touch any pulleys. Just mind yourself. Mind yourself. (laughs) I see what you did there. (laughs) The ghosts of the thieves who were punished by death are still seen around the mines. The hanging tree is said to have been the burial site of dozens of men who were condemned after being caught red-handed. 18 men were hung from the hanging tree, but it's not known if they were all buried there. Either way, many tourists have claimed to have been harassed by the ghosts of the dead thieves. Tourists have had rocks thrown at them while near the hanging tree. Oh. They also hear footsteps scurrying around them and in the area around them. Some have even heard strange voices call them by name. I hate it when disembodied voices call you by name. Oh, I hate it when disembodied voices call me at all. Well, <laughs> call me. Don't call me by my name. 
Yeah, I think if you use my actual name, that would be a lot more creepy. Yes. Like, hello, Elise. Oh, fuck that. Nope. Turning around. Hard pass. Yeah. Like, throw rocks at me before you say my name. <laughs> right. <laughs> a group of thieves killed in a freak accident also haunt Vulture City. A particularly prosperous area near the head of the mine called the Glory Hole. Yeah. <laughs> was the site of a lot of stealing once the main body of the ore was dug out. The miners would come around sunset and dig out the remaining ore near the support beams. So let's say like you have a big circular section of gold. Yeah. They're going to take out the middle section just to keep the structure of the rock yeah. still intact. Mm-hmm. And then these thieves go and try to take the rest of it. Ooh, pretty sneaky. <laughs> After a while, there was no rocks to support the beams. And the glory hole collapsed, <laughs> trapping and killing seven men and 12 donkeys. Oh no, not the donkeys! Why do seven men need 12 donkeys? They're probably hoping to haul out a lot of gold. Like, no shit. That's rude. Yeah. Their bodies are still there today, and their ghosts haunt the former glory hole. I would not want a glory hole to be haunted. Like, could you imagine your legacy is haunting a glory hole? (laughs) That's Uh, pretty good. Right? The apparitions can be seen around the head of the mine and witnessed reports, unusual cold spots, and feelings of being watched. Ooh. So the glory hole is cold. And under surveillance. Uh, yeah, I bet the glory holes under surveillance. Right? <laughs> Gloria <laughs> Hinkle, who owns Wickenburg Legends and Ghost Tours with her son, Scott Taylor, recalled in an interview with AZ Central, back then, Wickenburg was a vigilante town. We didn't have a lawman for years and years. We had two hanging trees. One in town and another out by the mine. It wasn't a very nice hanging tree either. Oh with my drop God. doors. Okay, I see. This was much more gruesome. They would put the condemned man on a rock or a mule and kick them out from under them. It could take two minutes to two hours to die. All that suffering is palpable with voices, spirits, orbs, and other paranormal activity being reported around the vulture mine. A collection of long shuttered outbuildings and workshops used to support the mine. Mm-hmm. I was out there and showing people around at night, she said, and they were recording down in the closed abandoned pit and captured some great recordings in German. Oh, citing that as a native tongue of Henry Wickenburg. Okay. In the SA office where the gold and silver was assessed and stored, out there in the corner, there's a very negative feeling. The This um, tour captured a little voice saying, get out, Hankover called. She said that cold spots are felt around the property, even in 105 degree Fahrenheit weather, oh. which I'm assuming is very hot. I would assume so. I feel like over 100 has got to be toasty. Right. So the mine is currently in operation. Oh. So people are actually mining there. Both 
tell me they have supports. I would assume OSHA is involved. Okay, good. Both as a mining venture and as a historical ghost town with guided tours. And that is the ghosts of the Vulture Gold Mine. Okay. So the references I used were ghosttowns.com, travelmagazine.net, azcentral.com, Phoenix Ghosts, Desert USA, and Wikipedia. Awesome. And that is the story of the Vulture Gold Mine. That was a very cool V. Yeah. I was wondering what you were going to cover because, like, I feel crime has more V possibilities. Yeah. But compared to paranormal. <laughs> so I was, like, wondering how you were going to do it. But that was awesome. Thank you. I think next season might be a stretch. That's fine. I like we love stretch. stretches. <laughs> yeah. We'll pull stretches here. Right? Just very flexible. Yes. Okay, well, that wraps us up for V. You will have to tune in next week as we cover W. Also, make sure to tune in this Friday for our nocturnal novella. Is that this Friday already? Yes. Wow. I'm glad you kept track (laughs) because we recorded it, but I don't... And I scheduled it. I just don't know when it's coming out. Yes, it's coming out on Friday. (laughs) (laughs) So make sure to tune in for our nocturnal novella. We are so excited for you guys to hear it. Yes, those are so much fun. Um, If you have any suggestions or if you want to reach out to us, you can visit our webpage at cisforcreepy.com. We have a contact form. So just Fill it out, fill in your stories, your suggestions. Just make sure that you label in the subject line who you would like to read your story. Yes, please, please, please send us any stories you want. We would love to cover them for you. All right. So thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to See Is For Creepy. We put out weekly episodes every Tuesday going through the creepy alphabet. Check out our website at acast.com slash C is for creepy or on Facebook at C is for creepy podcast or on Instagram at C for creepy podcast. If you have any questions, concerns or suggestions, please email us at C for creepy at gmail.com. Artwork done by Alexis Daly. Check out her work at L-E-X-X-A underscore artwork on Instagram. See you next week. Bye.